this morning, uh, our district superintendent, Mark Norman, is going to do the message and the pastoral prayer because I really don't want to do that. Uh, I think Matt wants me to, but I don't care. <laughs> Brother Mark. <laughs> Why don't you tell us how you really feel about it? <laughs> I don't know if I put this in your appointment letter, but this church is real honest. I don't know if I, put, I think I put that in there. So uh, it's just such a joy and privilege to be here this morning. And I just want to thank you uh, for your music, especially that last song. That just, I mean, in the life of the church, we are the kings and queens of denial. And the more we as a church can, can just, first of all, be real with God and then real with each other. Uh, that's truly how we can be blessed. Let's, let's take a moment to go to God in prayer. Almighty God, we thank you for the joy of worshiping you. We thank you for the beauty of this day. Lord, we just thank you for the joy of being together. And we ask, Almighty God, that you will just be able to be with us and stand by us and strengthen us by the power of your Holy Spirit in these strange and confusing days. Be with us, Almighty God. Help us begin our day with a worship and praise on our lips and let us end our day with a prayer of thanksgiving. This is our humble prayer in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray and we thank you for the many men and women in the history of this congregation and in the history of the body of Christ everywhere that have given their lives to be, uh, to, to, to be not only believers in you, but to be a foundation for uh, this body and this church. Lord, we, we pray for those that, that are no longer with us, but that are now with you. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you give us the strength um, so when uh, it is time that, that we may be able to live out that same legacy. We, live all, we lift all of this to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, if you'll turn to the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew chapter 14. beginning with verse uh, 13. Okay. Hear the word of the Lord. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. And when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, and he cured the sick. And when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. And Jesus said to them, uh, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. And they replied, we have nothing but five loaves and two fish. And he said to them, bring them to me. And then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. And he looked up to heaven, blessed, 
and broke the loaves and gave it to the disciples and the disciples gave it to the crowds and all ate and were filled and they took up what was left over of the broken pieces 12 baskets full and those uh, who who were there were about 5,000 men besides women and children this is the word of God for the people of God thanks be to God this morning I want to briefly talk to you about um, the idea of the tragedy of unlearned lessons. The tragedy of unlearned lessons. Now, I am a child and I'm a part of a family that's made mostly of preachers and teachers. So I was destined to be bad. I don't know which is worse, the <laughs> preacher's kid or the assistant principal's kid. Nobody answered that question. <laughs> But I, I kind of live uh, a, a, a life where I'm not alien to education. And so, you know, what if I was to kind of take our walk of faith and, and, and the life of education, it, it's kind of two worlds that are together as one. And I'm just going to explain it real, real, real quickly. There's theory, and then there's practice. So there's theory, which is basically the way things should go or the way things should ideally go, but then there's a practical way that we try to live out the theories. Just, just as similar as faith. We, we live by faith. Faith is a heart and mind conceptual kind of thing, but it, it's no good if it's just in our mind and just in our heart, and it's not in our feet and in our hands. Can I get an amen? The thing is, is that theory and practice must come together to make this lived out Christian experience. So, for example, is this being recorded? Will this be on record, and this will, will, will this go to the bishop and the cabinet? <laughs> for example... I've only got one year left. What can, what can really happen? So when we sit at a table and we say, in theory, worship services need to be no more than 35 minutes, that really made a lot of sense to me in theory. But now here I am at August 2nd where I actually have to, to be able to be a part of a worship service and then can, uh, have a sermon that's within the 35-minute range. The theory was good when I was sitting on the cabinet Zoom, but now for some strange reason, I am struggling to try to see how to practice it. Because it's just, a, 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 you know, your, your theory, what, what sounds good in your mind can be different when you have to practice it. Now walk with me. As the church, we believe in Jesus Christ. We live by faith in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. That is something we pray about. We work to live and make real in our life. But there has to be a place, brothers and sisters, where we put it into practice. Here in this gospel lesson, we find Jesus with these disciples basically 
uh, this scripture is filled with many different lessons that I feel that we need to learn if we're really going to walk with Jesus, especially in these most confusing days. There are lessons that we must learn and also live out. One of the first lessons I want to point out that Jesus points to us is that we have to understand the power of taking a retreat. Taking a retreat. Here, Jesus, in, in, in the first part of the chapter, Jesus hears that John the Baptist has been killed and beheaded. And in verse 13, he says, when he heard this, he withdrew from there in the boat to a deserted place to be by himself. There are times, brothers and sisters, that the best thing that we can do for the care and not just the maintenance, but the endurance of our soul is sometimes we need to be able to go to that deserted place where we can just be with God. Now, let me tell you something. There is a big difference. Social distancing is not a retreat. Being in a pandemic where, where you are alone or you have to stay so many feet away from each other and then, then you know, fist bump or elbow bump and all of that, that, that is not a retreat. That, that's, that's, that's quarantine, that's social distancing. But the, but, but the thing that really is important for it to really be a retreat and, and just like there are staycations, just for it, in order to be a retreat, you don't have to go anywhere. You can retreat um, in your home. But in order for it to be a real retreat, brothers and sisters, is that you have to spend a time not only alone in a deserted place, not only distant, not only away, but you have to spend that time with God. You have to spend that time in things that will heal your soul. I am sure Jesus was brokenhearted to hear that John the Baptist had been beheaded. And it was to a point that he had to just get away and go to a deserted place. But I believe that our Savior, even though he was in a deserted place, he spent that time talking to his Heavenly Father about where he really was. Jesus embodied kind of what that song that was so powerful to me. You know, Jesus did not just sit or if, if things weren't fine, nothing demands for us to say that everything is fine. Jesus took the time, went to a deserted place to deal with where he was. Yeah, we spend a lot of time in quarantine. We spend a lot of time on Zoom meetings. We spend a lot of time alone. But how much time have we spent in this time alone in retreat. How in this time where sometimes we're in a deserted place, how much time have we really spent taking advantage of this deserted place to really take the time to be, to have a retreat where we are renewed by God, where, where, we, where, we, where we talk to Jesus about where we are. So one of the lessons we need to learn is that there is power in retreat, but not only is there power in retreat? But secondly, 
no matter where we are in our faith or where we are in ministry as the church, we still have our responsibilities. There is no retirement plan. There is no retirement plan from the work of God. Now, I tell retired preachers all, that all the time, uh, especially when I need them to fill an appointment. But by discipline, uh, it's not written in the discipline, but there's an unwritten law that says when you're retired, you can tell a DS no. And sometimes you can put a word in front of that, but that's another story. <laughs> we have re these responsibilities. So look at verse 15. He says, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a de de deserted place. The hour is not late. And the crowds, um, send the crowds away so that they may go into villages and buy food for themselves. And Jesus said to them, said to the disciples, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. You know, now these disciples are just like most of us in the church. How much time do we actually spend wasting time Put, taking our breath, telling God what God already knows. How many times do we do that? How many times do we actually waste so much time and energy trying to tell God what he already knows? These disciples tell Jesus, this is a deserted place. The hour has come. This is Jesus now. This is sovereign, you know, this is the sovereign son of God. This is the one that not only operates by the calendar and clock of time, but also works under the kairos, the, the, the time of God as well. So, so, so here you're telling Jesus that it's a deserted place. And here you're telling Jesus what time it is when he already knows. But here is the heart of the matter. These disciples, like sometimes many of us in the life of the church, we spend time telling God, what, tell Jesus what he already knows, but then in the process, sometimes we shirk our responsibilities. We are called to be the church in any time and in every season. And so, really, if we were to really be honest, the church was actually born within a season of the most conflict in, in, in the Jewish world. But somehow out of this, the church was born. But then somehow we act like, as the church, that whenever there's trouble, we as the church need to shirk and grow away. But hear the words of Jesus saying to these disciples and saying, saying to us, yeah, I know where we are. Yes, I know what time it is. But you still have a responsibility. You give them something to eat. In the midst of this pandemic and in the midst of all of the things that's happening in and around us, Jesus is still saying to us as the church, you give them something to eat. 
and it's not just only a physical food. We have a responsibility as the church to still feed men and women spiritually. We still have a responsibility to feed and to care for people's souls because the voice of Jesus is still saying to us, you give them something to eat. Lastly, brothers and sisters, not only are we called to retreat, not only are we called to live our responsibilities, but we are supposed to tap into our greatest resource. Jesus tells the disciples something to eat. The, uh, the disciples come with this excuse. They say, we have nothing but five, five loaves and two fish. And Jesus says to them, bring it to me. This is all we got, Jesus. We don't have much, Lord. You know, we, we, we don't have much. Uh, uh, the, the, the economy is going bad. Uh, 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 food uh, services is shortage. There, there is not a McDonald's here at this deserted place, Lord. We can't get no filet of fish. All we have is, is five loaves of bread and two fish. But Jesus... They, as they try to tell an excuse and, and just say, this is all we've got. Jesus' response is always, bring it to me. There is nothing little in the eyesight of Jesus Christ. Nothing. Because in the hands of Christ, little can become much. All we've got, this is all we got, Lord. And Jesus says, bring it to me. This is all I've got, Jesus. Bring it to me. This is all I can do, Lord. Bring it to me. I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really tired. I don't want to go to church. But Jesus says, bring it to me. And in the hands of Jesus Christ, little can become much. And in the hands of Jesus Christ, Listen to me, we have all, not some, but we have all the resources we need. In Jesus Christ, we have all that we ever need. Now, in the midst of this pandemic, brothers and sisters, there are still things that are coming forth. There are still churches where, where pastors actually have had to quit writing emails and actually have to use snail mail again. Thanks be to God. I know my dad is shouting in glory because he, he sure believed in, in sending cards and sending, sending letters. And then we just, we're going back to that state. But, but there are churches all over our, our district, all over this state in conference that, yes, when, when everything initially happened, there, there may have been a hit but they have realized that, that, that Jesus has a way of giving us more than enough. Do you know there are churches, and this is probably one of them, where, where people are still serving God in the midst of this pandemic? Because God is more than enough. I, I leave you with these words from the Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle uh, Gospel Choir. It's a song called More Than Enough, and just listen to these words. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, you are more than enough 
for me. Jehovah Rapha, you're my healer. For by your stripes, I have been set free. Jehovah Shammah, you are with me and you supply all of my needs. Lord, you are more than enough. You're so much more than enough. You're more than enough for me. As we prepare to come to this communion table, I am here to tell you this morning that all that you could ever need, want, and imagine God has supplied through Jesus Christ, through this broken bread, and this, well, not broken bread, but this, this very sanitized, sealed, <laughs> plastic bread, and then this equally, equally, equally sanitized cup that um, early in my ministry I used to call um, um, Papa Top Jesus, but I've been delivered from that because now everybody does it. But all that you ever need, whether it be through intention or whether it be through this way, this is more than enough to see you through any and everything. I believe there's power at this table because it's not my table, it's not Matt's table, it's not our table, it's not the bishop's table, and thanks, thanks be to God, it's not the cabinet's table. But it's the table of Jesus Christ. Where those that are hungry leave full. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for the power of Holy Communion. And we pray, O oh Lord, we are, that we are reminded this morning that wherever we, we lack, whatever we are in need of, it is all satisfied and found in you. So bless this moment, bless this sacrament, and bless this time that we have together in Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. So Lord, as we come to this table, as we remember your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, whether it be in a deserted place where you took, took bread and took fish and fed over 5,000 people, Lord. We come to this place giving thanks for your mighty acts, Almighty God. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you will pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on this bread and on this cup so that we may be for the world the body of Christ, that we may be for the world that is hungry, for the world that is starving, we can be your church that is, that is willing and able to give people something to eat. So, Lord, pour your Holy Spirit on us and on this cup so that we may be, for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. And so, as we come, let us take this bread, representing the body of Jesus Christ, that he gave up on Calvary, representing the body of Christ, Take this body and eat, remembering all that Jesus has done for you. In the same, same way, take this cup, 
this cup of the new covenant, this cup that by his blood we are, are now connected to God. Take and drink. Now that you've been a part of this Holy Communion, may this small token remind you that you serve a big God. Can I say that one more time? May this small token show you how big the God is that you serve. And I praise him and I am thankful for him. Amen. Here in this worn and weary land where many a dream has died. Like a tree planted by the water, we never will run dry. So living water flowing through, God we thirst for more of you. Fill our hearts and flood our souls with more desire. Just to know you and to make you known, we lift your name on high. Shine like the sun, may darkness run and hide. We know we were made for so much more than ordinary lives. It's time for us to more than just survive. We were made to thrive. Into your word we're digging deep to know our Father's heart. Into the world we're reaching out to show them who you are. So living water flowing through, God we thirst for more of you. Fill our hearts and flood our souls with one desire. Just to know you and to make you known, we lift your name on high. Shine like the sun, may darkness run and hide. We know we were made for so much more than ordinary lives. It's time for us to more than just survive. We were made to thrive. Joy unspeakable, faith unsinkable, love unstoppable, anything is possible. Joy unspeakable, faith unsinkable, love unstoppable, anything is possible. Joy unspeakable, faith unsinkable, love unstoppable, anything is possible. Joy unspeakable, faith unsinkable, love unstoppable, anything is possible. Just to know you and to make you known, we lift your name on high. Shine like the sun, may darkness run and hide. 
we know we were made for so much more than ordinary lives it's time for us to more than just survive we were made to thrive amen Uh, Claude and I were talking this morning, and I want to let y'all know we just got a message that uh, Mr. B. Lindsey, I don't know, some of y'all know him, uh, Frank and I, he is a good friend too, uh, but uh, he is on his way to uh, Little Rock to the hospital. His oxygen levels are really low. He tested positive late, uh, early last week, so keep him in your prayers. Uh, I thought he was doing okay but uh, his oxygen levels have dropped, and so there, Dr. Jacobs sent him over there, so uh, just keep him in your prayers, because he is a special man. Uh, for those, I feel sorry for those of you who don't know him, because he is something else. So uh, just keep him in your prayers, thanks. Amen. And as we close in prayer, let us remember um, all that, that uh, may be battling this illness, uh, but especially um, those within this community as well. So receive now this benediction. Lord, in this world that is still filled with sickness and pain and hunger, Lord, uh, you call us to be your church. So Lord, help us to always remember to pray. Help us always, Lord, to know that we have a responsibility to to, to heal and to, to be your hands and feet in the world. But Lord, help us to always know that you are our greatest resource. And when we may be tired or when we may be winded or Lord, even when our faith may be shaking, we can find our strength and we can find our all in all in you. Bless us in this week going ahead. And help us to always be filled with the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Man, that's hard. That's hard. I'm going to have to make an amendment to that. Make a black robe. <laughs>